You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1098. Michael Ashley and his team at Inc. Wordsmiths helps aspiring novelists and authors to monetize their passion with guidance. He offers personalized coaching using his past experience and expertise. I've asked him to join us today to ask more, discuss more about his firm and the importance of outlining and get, getting your ideas into fonts or into writing. Michael, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you here. Why don't we start by having you share a little bit of your background that sort of leads up to what you're doing today at Inc. Wordsmiths. Absolutely. So I began at the University of Missouri as a newspaper journalist and a playwright, and that led me to know that I wanted, first of all, I always knew I wanted to be a writer, even as early as when I was 10 years old. I fell in love with the Lord of the Rings trilogy when I was 10, and I knew right then and there that I wanted to be a storyteller uh, for my future career. So anyway, like I said, I'm from Missouri. I moved out to California. I got my master's of fine arts degree at Chapman, and that the MFA was in screenwriting. My first job out of film school was working as a professional reader for the head of the literary department at Creative Artists Agency. So during the day while I worked as an insurance broker, I was also working as a screenwriter. I was fortunate enough to get accepted to a special program at Disney where I got to work with Gary Marsh, the president of Disney, for one week. There were six of us, three guys, three girls, and at the end of the week, Disney bought one movie idea, and that was the movie idea that I created. It was called Girl vs. Monster, and it became a hit movie for Disney. It's now available on Netflix if you want to watch it. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Thank you very much. And so that opened a lot of doors in my life. It led me to co-create a science fiction TV show with the lead visual effects designer for J.J. Abrams. This also led me to do all kinds of copywriting jobs, social media jobs. I actually did social media management for celebrities. And more importantly, it led me to book writing. Uh Uh-huh began with me working on a children's fantasy sci-fi book, which was actually originally based on scientific ideas that the person hired me to create a book about. But more importantly, that led me to realize that I could tell stories for a living, and Mm -hmm. I could write other people's books, and that's what led me really to start my company. Okay, so that's an interesting and varied background that uh, gives a lot of credibility to you in the work that you're doing with authors and business people. So let me ask you, what is the niche that you are uh, addressing with your firm today? Well, everything comes back to storytelling, and that is the particular niche of my agency. So I know that you're a fan of content marketing. We're a big fan of content marketing, and we use storytelling throughout what we do. So our particular niche right now is ghostwriting and Hmm. manuscript editing. Currently, the niche we're going after are CEOs, and I happen to be ghostwriting books for five different CEOs at the present moment. So they're in all kinds of industries from escrow to direct marketing and infomercials, travel incentive companies, video marketing. I'm even doing a book for a doctor as well. I just have a question to follow on. So if if you're managing five writing projects at the same time, just tell me how that works for you working with five different people who are probably, to varying degrees, somewhat emotionally attached to the project? Sure. So I haven't slept in two years. 
exactly. That's what I'm wondering. I'm just kidding. Uh, the way that that works really is that I'm the face of the company. I'm the person that's meeting with them. I'm the person that's designing the questions and doing the interviewing, which actually goes back to me being a reporter in the beginning. So I'm used to interviewing these kinds of people, and I'm used to developing that personal relationship. I wrote a book called The Six-Figure Writer, and what I talked about it in it is when you do ghostwriting, when you do these very personal stories, and that's exactly what they are, no matter if I'm working with a CEO or if I'm working with a per, uh, private individual, the stories are extremely personal, and so in a way, it's almost like therapy, and I become extremely close to my clients. I would think. I mean, ha- having written a couple books myself, I know how much you put in. I put into the process, into the content, um, and so I would think that people are coming at you from different perspectives, but at the end of the day, it's their name that's on the book, right? Because you're saying you're a ghostwriter, so... Well, actually, my name has been on almost all. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so, so you are getting credit for the right. writing, writing project. So, all the books that I mentioned right now, my name will be on on the cover as well. Okay. I guess it is a misnomer in some ways. They they call it ghostwriting. I don't know if there's a uh, uh, another word you could substitute. Collaborator. Perhaps. Collaborator, book doctor, manuscript editor. Yeah. Um, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, because I picture a ghostwriter as a ghostwriter as uh, you know. Yeah, and wrote, I wrote for Trump. Something. Yeah, exactly. Well, there there have been one or two cases. One reason, one uh, book I did do. My father's a lawyer, and told the client was involved in a potential lawsuit. My father suggested that I not have my name on the book. <laughs> so, for safety reasons, for, to, for the love of I have for my family, I decided to take my my name off that book. But generally, my name is is on okay. the book with the okay. client. Awesome. So, um, tell me about what makes Ink Wordsmith unique. Clearly, you have a pedigree. But you are leading a team of people now. So what what would people see that's unique and different about your firm? Sure. Well, I didn't mention this, but it's, it's very important. So my wife is actually a writer as well. And we met in film school. We were in the same screenwriting program. And so I can't take the credit for it. It was her idea to start a content agency together. And that was three years ago. And uh, my wife also, I, I come more from the writing background. We both did work at CA, by the way, but she comes more from the branding side. So she worked at Brand Sense Partners and she helped represent firms um, such as the uh, Jimi Hendrix estate, the Marlon Brando estate, Priscilla Presley's furniture and jewelry line. So, yes, we're involved in the content side, but we're also involved in the branding side. And so, as you mentioned, I do have a team of writers that work for me as well. All projects are funneled through me, but it's not just the writing, it's not just the content, it's also the branding as well. Okay. And so I did happen to mention a lot about book writing, but we're everything content related. So to me, storytelling is the basis of what we do, and it's not limited to just books. So we're doing screenwriting as well, we've done national TV commercials, we do web copy, we do blogs, we do speeches for our clients, anything writing related, that's our niche. Um, and it all comes back to storytelling. You said earlier in this interview that I'm a fan of content marketing, and you are right. I believe it is the key way for middle market CEOs to create a differentiated brand in the marketplace. Are you seeing that more companies are embracing storytelling and writing as a way to reach their their customers and their prospects? Absolutely. I think as a people, we're completely disgusted by interruptive advertising. Yes. We don't like our programs to be interrupted with commercials. Instead, we want something that's inherently valuable. And that's what I think is so special about content marketing. So all the books that I mentioned, whether I'm talking about the memoir of a person to start their own company as an immigrant who came here with nothing, no matter what the story is that I'm telling, the content is valuable in its own sake. People would pick up this book and enjoy to read it just for its own sake. It's a good book. Mm -hmm. Uh, But more importantly, what we do is we shortcut the process, the knowing, liking, and trusting process. And so 
rather than make a giant appeal for yourself, a commercial that no one really wants to watch or read, this book tells a wonderful story and it also shares your value with your audience. Mm -hmm. So people pick up this book and they, they say to themselves, wow, okay, I understand this person better. I have an intimate look at their lives and I want to do business with that person. That's really the, the key to content marketing. Right. And the consistency of it. So I'm being told by the uh, engineer that we're going to need to take our first and only commercial break here. So uh, I don't mean to be stilted in our conversation, sure. but we're going to we're going to listen to him because we have to stay on the clock. So let's hold that thought, and we'll talk more about content marketing and some other things after the break. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to us live, you don't want to go anywhere. If you got us on a podcast, stay right there. This is one short 30-second commercial about my latest book, Killing Cats Leads to Rats. We'll be right back after this word from me. Best-selling author Richard Franzi's written what Marshall Goldsmith has called an incredibly poignant foray into the realm of unintended consequences of executives' decisions. In Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions, Richard Franzi takes a close look at the impact of unintended consequences on business performance and employee engagement. Through the retelling of the experiences of executives at Pepsi, Wells Fargo, Kodak, Volkswagen, and many others, Richard paints a compelling real-world account for how executives leading firms of all sizes must do a better job of anticipating and controlling the outcomes of their strategic business decisions. Killing Cats Leads to Rats is available through major bookstores in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook formats. To learn more, visit www.richardfranzi.com. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. You know, Michael Ashley and his team at Inkwort Smith shortcut the knowing, liking, and trusting process, which he talked about in the first block. You might want to know how he does that. Well, by ghostwriting their clients' books and creating all manner of content that builds trust between business brands and their customers. You might have heard in the first block that Michael is a professional storyteller who began at Disney as a consultant, and now he specializes in telling his clients' stories via content such as books, screenplays, and copywriting. That's why I've asked him to join us today to discuss more about what his agency does and the importance of sharing stories with others. So I really enjoy having you here, Michael. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to kind of go over with you is that the publishing industry has changed greatly, right? And and it is much more democratic now. But I'm just wondering, as a business person, from your perspective, how has the economic changes that have affected the publishing industry created either an opportunity for you and your firm or maybe created some challenges for you? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I give speeches about this, and what I say is we like to think about the Gutenberg printing press as being the major development when it comes to publishing, but I would suggest that the even more recent and maybe more wide-ranging innovation has been the uh, the application of Amazon in 2007, where now we can print on demand for free when it comes to self-publishing. So this has really democratized the ability for anyone to get out there and to publish their books. Previously, you had to go to Kinko's at 2 in the morning and hope that all your papers printed out okay and you didn't go bankrupt printing your books. But nowadays, with Amazon, it's print on demand for free. So with all of my clients, and they're always surprised when I tell them this, there isn't any charge to you. When you upload your content to Amazon, the price to publish is built into the price of your book. So what it's done for people is allowed them to become their own marketing agencies for themselves. They allowed them to be their own content creator. And that's really wonderful because 
no matter what industry you're in, you have an opportunity to become a thought leader, and you can do it for free by uh, through Amazon's portal and platform, and that's really good news for business owners. So has that changed the world of publishers then? Definitely. Okay. So right now, I'm actually working with a, uh, a publishing agency for my first, uh, it's my debut book, and it's coming out uh, in Christmas time. Actually, and I'm very, if I can give a shameless plug, I'm very excited about that. Of course. Um, which was a wonderful intro to talk about it, and I can see firsthand w- both sides of it. What it's like to work with the publishing company, and what it's like to work on our own. Now, obviously, the publishing company is going to throw a lot of money towards the big name uh, authors that they can expect to make a lot of money with, and so they don't have the same kind of budget they do. To to help people that are that they don't have the same belief that they can do as well. So the cost for that publishing has has gone to the authors themselves. So when I see people, it's not just writing the book, it's also the marketing the book. That comes back to the self-publishing people. So yes, you can be an independent author yourself, but you don't have the arm and the power of the publishing company to help you sell your book. You don't have their editors that are working with you on the manuscript. It all comes back to you. And um, that's good news for the authors because when you do publish yourself, all of those proceeds go to you. You get those royalties. Right. Um, on the other hand, uh, when you use something like KDP, uh, if you price it a certain way, I believe the price is three ninety nine to nine ninety nine. Seventy percent of that royalty goes to you. So I would say it's not exactly the best news for the publishing company in terms of. Um, it's cut into their profits. Um, we could have a full discussion about what, what that means in terms of Amazon taking over all those bookstores. It's very sad to see right. that a lot of bookstores are going out of business. Right. But I think it's just the nature of life. Life is dynamic. We can't hold on to the past. I mean, you look at the newspaper industry, that's changing right before our eyes. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. Right. So we're talking with Michael Ashley. He, as, as you heard me earlier in this blog, talk about his pedigree. And I'm excited to have him here because I know firsthand uh, the kind of quality of work that he does for his clients. And I'm wondering, now as an entrepreneur and a business owner, as you're scaling Inc. Wordsmiths, how are you ensuring that as your company is growing, you, you're able to remain as nimble in thought and organization as you were when it was maybe you and your wife back in the earlier days? Sure. So in the beginning, it was me just doing most of the writing myself. My wife has always been my consultant and advisor, especially with her writing background. But in the last few years, we have taken on, we've, we've grown, uh, we have a full-time staff writer, and we have, I have several different uh, freelance writers that work for me as well, and an intern. But throughout the process, no matter what project that we're working on, everything goes through me. So all of the creative decisions ultimately go through me. It's my vision, both from meeting the client and the, the final product. It's it's all going through me, seen through my eyes. In terms of the voice and the direction of every project, it goes through me. So I'll give you a quick example about that. We recently did a book that became an Amazon number one bestseller, and it was all about marrying the ideas between people who don't believe in God and people who do believe in God and looking at what the world can be if we can mend those two rifts, mend that rift between the people who believe and people who don't. And we, I used my team to do the research, but the outline, the direction of the book, it all came from me. All of the editing came from me in terms of bringing the whole package together at the end of the day. And that's typical of many books that we write. That's a pretty serious topic that you just mentioned there, right? What was the name of the book? The name of the book is Evolution by God. Okay. And that's available? It is available, yeah. On all the platforms? On all platforms, yeah, okay. absolutely. All yeah. Right. Wow, evolution of God. Well, there you go. That's an unintended consequence of this conversation. I hadn't expected to hear that that was a, a book that you had just written. You, you know, go. the author Michael Gerber says that CEOs and business owners should spend time working on their business, not just in their business. So I'm wondering if you could share what you do to spend time outside of your business and how you're developing leaders and learning new skills, Michael. 
So a great question. So interestingly, within the first month of starting my company, my friend actually recommended the E-Myth to me, and that had a major impact on my thinking, especially the idea that you need to work on your business as opposed to working in your business. And so I went, I, I did everything I could to change my business quickly to, to follow that mindset, to get away from being the technician, to get away from being to working so hard and finding ways that I could continue to be the entrepreneur and to outsource a lot of these things so that I could focus on growing my business. Interestingly enough, I actually met Michael Gerber and I interviewed him for a different book that I was hired to write. So I was hired to write a book called Skip a Step. Lisa Caprelli actually um, hired me to create this book and it's a book to help young people who want to skip a step in their own careers and learn how to be entrepreneurs. And who better to give advice but Michael Gerber? Right. So I had the wonderful fortune to sit down with Michael Gerber for about three hours to do an interview. And I think Michael Gerber is 80 years old, and he's incredibly sharp. In fact, at the end of the interview, he did a one-take for a three-minute spot for his own program. And it was amazing. He didn't fumble. He didn't say, uh, um, or anything like that. And more importantly, what Michael Gerber helped teach me is that the idea that any business, if it's doing its job correctly, can be franchised in the form of, like, McDonald's. And so it made me think to myself, wow. is there a way that I could take my business, which is very ethereal in terms of creating content, creating things that are, that are words and ideas, and making it into a franchise? Sure. And that's what I've been going after ever since. Well, that's the power of one idea, huh? Absolutely. What a privilege to be able to spend that much time with him. It, it was wonderful. And to answer your question as to how do I spend time to develop my skills, so as I said, everything comes through me. And because my business is about learning new things, coming with different ideas, no matter what project I'm working on, it's all about the ideas behind them and ways in which we can help uh, impact people's hearts and minds through the power of words. So... To that end, I'm always working on different ways that I can learn and I can think differently. And sure. so every week, I, I'll be reading a different book, especially related to the genre I'm working on. I, I'm on working on my second romance novel for a client. And so for the first one, I read things like Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh I read things like Bridges of Madison County, which definitely helped my, um, my romantic life in a lot of ways. But more importantly, it helped me <laughs> relate to the genre that I was writing. Um, and to that, end, to that end, I do other things to, to, stay, um, to stay sharp and, and to be current. Um, currently, right now, I'm writing a book all about artificial intelligence. And so in the next week, I'll be attending uh, a different lecture. My, my client actually is, is the one giving the speech. Hmm. So I'm reading a book about artificial intelligence. I'm going to, I took a course yesterday to, to bring me up to speed. Interesting. And I'm listening to my, uh, to my client talk. And so I try to do things like that. I also try to do meditation twice a day to hmm. change the way that I'm thinking about things and doing stuff like sensory deprivation tanks to really go as far out there to be as fresh and sharp as I can with different projects. Well, that's a very robust answer to the question, and I appreciate it, Michael Ashley. We only have a little bit of time left here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. So, two-part question. First part is, what type of people that might be listening to this radio show would be appropriate to work with you at Inc. Wordsmith? And then, how do they find you online? Absolutely. So the people that we're looking for, I, I talked a lot about CEOs. CEOs is the niche that we really definitely want to go after, but it's really any business, medium size to large, um, any business that needs content in the form of books, web copy, blogs, articles. Like I said, what we want to do is to help shortcut the process where people know, like, and trust you and want to work with you. And in terms of getting in touch with me, mm -hmm. um, you can reach me. The best way is to go on my website, which is inkwordsmiths.com. You can also reach me at michael at inkwordsmiths.com. I'm going to ask you to spell inkwordsmith so people get it. Sure. It's I-N-K-W-O-R-D-S as in Sam, M as Mary, I-T-H-S.com. 
Right. Okay. And uh, that's the best way to reach you then is find you online. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Well, Michael Ashley, thank you for being a friend of the program, a part of the critical mass community. This has been a very enjoyable interview. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I know a lot of people out there believe they have a book in them, and maybe the right thing to do is work with Michael to get that book out of you and onto paper and into print. I'd like to thank... Paul Roberts, who's the engineer for our show, and our producers, without whom we could not do this show, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. I would like to ask you if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn. That's the best way to start. Uh, I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. I would also ask you to uh, consider my latest book, Killing Cats Leads to Rats. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, other platforms. Currently, it's in paperback and Kindle. And shortly, we're going to be coming out with the audio version, probably later this month or possibly next month. So be looking for that as well. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 